Well, if it isn't, my golf-loving friends. Good day, everybody. Uh, before we begin, as always, this podcast is sponsored, proudly presented, however you want to say it. It's made possible by Golf Guide Magazine, the West Coast's number one resource for information on every golf course in California, Nevada, Oregon, and starting in 2019, we're going to throw Washington and Hawaii in there as well, which means in one simple little digest size magazine, you can find information on every single golf course, public, private, military, municipal, resort, real estate development. It just does not matter. Any golf course in a state touching the Pacific Ocean, plus the beautiful oasises that are Reno and Las Vegas, pick up a Golf Guide magazine. It is available at over 1,100 locations across the West Coast. We also direct mail. It's just a, it's just a really, really cool thing. I've been around it most of my life. You think, what the heck am I going to need a magazine for? Well, I'll tell you what. As soon as you actually have that thing in your hand and you realize how easy it is to kind of just sift through and find information on all these different golf courses, it's hard to imagine not having one at your disposal. So, once again, pick up a Golf Guide magazine at a golf course near you. The 2019 issue should be out the week after the PGA show in January, which will last all of 2019, but you can still pick up a copy of the 2018 edition of Golf Guide Magazine at a golf course near you. And for more information, you can always visit golfguide.net. All right, let's, you know, what a show. We're pretty much talking mostly Ryder Cup. And the odd thing is, I feel like this is more suited for uh, an episode of TMZ than it is you know, a, a simple, a simple-minded golf podcast like the one I bring to you each and every week. But with that all being said, let's get to it with another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast, everybody. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Kyle Serlo here. And, uh, you know, before I start, I, I don't know from that intro if you've already gathered that I'm about six cups of coffee deep this morning. Uh, so if I tend to talk a little faster than normal, uh, rest assured, my health is fine. It's just I'm just completely hopped up on caffeine right now because I'm just very, very excited to be back with you all. What a weekend, huh? I mean, if you are an American, your uh, your hindquarters have got to feel a little sore if you take a lot of pride in uh, your nation's golfing abilities on a world stage. I mean, what what a supreme ass-kicking the United States received in the 2018 Ryder Cup. I certainly did not see this coming, but I'd be lying if I said myself, as well as a large portion of the golf media didn't think it was a possibility. Um, despite having all these players ranked in the top 20 in the world on the United States side of the ledger, the majority of the Americans competing in the Ryder Cup either A, were not playing their best golf going into this tournament, or two, um, if your name is Tiger Woods, you're just exhausted. You, you just, I mean, you just climbed, you just climbed Everest, and then as soon as you get back down to base camp, they want to fly you halfway across the world and tell you to go climb K2. It, it, it just, it, it's... I mean, so anyway, they either weren't playing you know, their best golf or they were just flat out tired and exhausted. Or in the case of Patrick Reed, you're just a dipshit and you're just you're just throwing haymakers at your own teammates. Although in a literal sense, there were actually some other teammates throwing haymakers, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But anyway, before I go into each of kind of the items that uh, looks like they, they daunted the United States in the Ryder Cup, I, I do not think uh, what, what I don't want to be lost 
about the 2018 Ryder Cup is just how excellent Team Europe was. I mean, it certainly was a complete butcher job um, by the United States. However, they could have played much, much better than they did and still lost this Ryder Cup. Europe played exceptionally well. The captain's picks that Thomas Bjorn made where he went with veterans that were not necessarily near the top of the world golf rankings proved to be an ingenious move. Um, you know, Jim Furyk's captain's picks, uh, I mean, <laughs> Phil Mickelson is about as is about as bad as we've ever seen him right now. But, uh, I mean, Tony Finau, the fourth and final captain's pick, actually turned out to be the best one of them all. And uh, it's a little bit of a shame we didn't have more Tony Finau. Uh, had, had Tony Finau got to play four or five matches, the United States would have been in far better shape uh, than they were with him playing just the three sessions, as I believe he did. So, uh, again, before we talk about how dominant Europe really was, let's let's just go through let's just go through a few of the items that seemed like it was just going to doom Team USA from the get go. And before we even start, you know, with the actual the golf itself, before play started on Friday over in Paris, you know, Thursday night they had the big gala. They, you know, all of the players on both sides showed up with uh, their significant others, you know, dressed to the nines, looking great and. Uh, you know, anybody who follows golf on social media probably saw that, uh, you know, Mr. Dustin Johnson, one of the top five players in the world with his uh, uh, self-absorbed but also very, very attractive significant other and mother to his children, Paulina Gretzky, was there in just a wow dress. I mean, this thing was like 75 feet long, dragging all over the, you know, the, the tile or concrete or whatever kind of nice material they have on the floor outside of whatever uh, venue they were having the gala at. And holy shit, did they look miserable. My goodness. it, it I, I did not see a single smile from Paulina or Dustin Johnson, which is pretty rare considering that when things are going well between those two, they're pretty happy-go-lucky. They both are showing a lot of teeth. They smile a lot. They seem like they're happy. And uh, they just could not have looked any more miserable in any of the photographs that were taken, both individually by the two of them, but also in the group shots where they were sitting with all the teammates. So as far as Dustin Johnson goes, he could not have been in a great headspace heading into this Ryder Cup tournament with all the turmoil and all the questions that are surrounding his personal life with Paulina Gretzky. Really just a shame, too, because, uh, you know, we, we like to think that our professional athletes are so dialed in and are just so good that whatever kind of chaos is happening in their personal life, it doesn't affect what they do. Uh, on the field, or in this case, on the golf course. And, you know, just watching a little bit of Dustin over the Ryder Cup, it just seemed like something was off. And I, I can't help but think that it was the overly public um, difficulties that he's having with Paulina Gretzky. So that was that was certainly uh, not an encouraging um, way to start this thing off. And then the next thing is, you know, before before it even you know it even started, before we saw Tiger lose back to back force you know force of matches with Patrick Reed, which we'll get to in a little more detail here. You had to think Tiger wasn't really going to have it, and you know it, it does it, it does make a lot of sense. Well, again, the coffee just stuttering. Um, I mean, what was the what was the big thing that basically sidelined Tiger at the beginning of the 2017 season? He obviously was you know he missed the cut at Torrey Pines, but then he took a big long flight halfway across the world, which is not great for a guy with the, a fused back. And he played one round in Dubai, and then his back fell apart, obviously, and it, it was all it was all done. And so when you think about Tiger in that same you know, the same guy, um, just like a year and a half later, 
playing four incredible rounds of golf, high, high stress, you know, the entire world watching him, um, exhausting every last ounce of energy he had in a system to win his first tournament in, you know, shoot, like almost five years, all right? Tiger wins the Tour Championship. He has like, a, what, four hours to celebrate, and he immediately hops on a cross-continental flight all the way to Paris. He's immediately got media obligations and everything else like that. And the guy at his age, and given what his body allows him to do, you got to think it was really, really far-fetched that he was actually going to be able to bring it for the Ryder Cup. I mean, for the Ryder Cup's sake, it honestly may have been better if Tiger had, you know, it, if the Tour Championship had a cut, which it doesn't, if the if it had a cut, if Tiger had just played like crap on Thursday and Friday and just missed the cut and got to relax for a couple days and then head to Paris... I'm sure Ryder Cup Tiger would have been way better off, but as it was, given the circumstances of everything and given his win at the Tour Championship, he was just never going to have the juice and the energy to get up and really give his 100% for this tournament. So, unfortunately for Tiger and unfortunately for United States golf fans and really, you know, golf fans all over the world. I mean, loving Tiger Woods is is not exclusively a U.S. thing, but uh, unfortunately, all of that uh, energy that he allocated to the Tour Championship cost him a little bit at the Ryder Cup, uh, which is a bummer, you know, and then uh, obviously we, we, t- we touched on Phil a little bit. Uh, I mean, Phil just could not have looked any worse. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure, had he played his own ball, I'm not positive that Phil Mickelson would have actually broken 80 um, in, in, in any of the rounds that he was able to go play. So, just a really unfortunate way for Phil Mickelson to come into this uh, tournament. Uh, you know, or this event, I should say. It's not so much a tournament, but a, an event. Um, and just, yeah, just a real bummer because Phil, obviously, I mean, with the win this year, when WGC event down in Mexico, you, you know, Phil had come back. He'd been playing some really good golf for portions of this year, but uh, coming down the stretch, not looking good. I mean, if things stand the way that they are, you can't really imagine this Tiger-Phil match, you know, on the day after Thanksgiving is really going to be all that awesome. I mean, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that Phil can round himself into form. The Tiger allows himself to relax a little bit and keeps his game sharp, so we actually do have a really fun event to watch uh, on the day after Thanksgiving, which is also happens to be the day that yours truly arrives in Bandon Dunes. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um, so Phil not looking great. Tiger not looking great. DJ distracted. So right out right out of the gate, you already have 25 you know percent of the United States team uh, not not playing ideal golf and then of course that leads us to the guy who's just not ideal at life uh which is none other than patrick reed which holy cow i mean did this guy just (laughs) if if he wasn't how do i say this for those of us that speculated that patrick reed didn't really care about what his fellow pga tour players thought about him as a person um, our suspicions were confirmed. It, it, this is a newsflash here. Patrick Reed gives zero fucks about what anybody, including his Ryder Cup teammates, think about him. And in fact, he is willing to just throw all of them under the bus. And thank goodness that uh, golf, you know, for the most part is an individual sport because holy shit, if that guy tried to ever get a teammate in any capacity in any sport ever again, you got to think that he would just get laughed at. And then someone would probably call his wife a horse and then they'd walk away. It, it's really... Really, really unfortunate. Uh, so in case you're not familiar with uh, all the Patrick Reed drama that happened, uh, as soon as the Ryder Cup was done, in which 
Uh, Patrick Reed lost both of his foursome matches in which he was paired with Tiger Woods, which uh, caught many people off guard because previously Patrick Reed had had a ton of success pairing up with Jordan Spieth. Um, but, you know, Jim Furyk, for reasons at the time were unknown, decided to pair Patrick Reed with Tiger Woods. And the two of them promptly went 0-2 in their matches on Friday and Saturday. Now, Patrick Reed did salvage himself a little bit by winning his singles match on the final day. However, uh, by the time he had won his match, the Ryder Cup was already over. Europe had already secured victory. So, really, his win on Sunday was, how do we say, meaningless. Um, a meaningless victory for Patrick Reed. So, it, he, he came out after, jeez, uh, I, I really wish I could recall the name of the reporter that actually got the exclusive and was talking to Patrick Reed in great detail. Um, I, I want to say it might have been the New York Post's Mark Canizero. Um, and, and let's see, he was one of the couple uh, people that Patrick Reed had spoken to, but Patrick is... <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm just actually going to read a little bit here from you just to kind of get... It's just, it's such a shit show that I feel like I, if I try to just speculate and go off the cuff, I'm, I may mess something up. So, uh, this is from JeffShackover.com. The New York Post's Mark Canizero talked to a player identified as a Team USA member after they returned from France, and we learned several things about the strife that's happening between Patrick Reed and Team USA. Number one, Patrick Reed is viewed as having begged his way into a Tiger pairing. Um, which does contradict uh, a, another report where Patrick Reed said Tiger was his second choice as a teammate, which, all right, by the way, I don't care how full of shit that you are. When you're talking about the best player of the generation, of our generation, and the best player you've ever seen in your lifetime, being your second choice for a partner when he's fresh off a win of the Tour Championship, you're an idiot. You're, you're, you're nothing but a stone-cold idiot. Um why you would come out and publicly talk about how Tiger's not your first choice of guy to play with. I mean, I, I don't really know why you have to say anything, but to come and say Tiger's your second choice seems pretty dumb. Uh, okay, number two. Reed probably would have shot 83 on Saturday morning on his own ball in the view of his teammates. <sighs> Fuck, I shot 82 yesterday. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. Um, number three. It's probably a really good thing the Charter did not have Wi-Fi on the way back from... Paris to Atlanta. Otherwise, we might have had an in-flight fight, which uh, obviously there might have been anyway. And from Canizaro's uh, article, quote, he is so full of shit, end quote. The source told Mark Canizaro on Monday, quote, blindsided my ass. He begged to play with Tiger. Uh, so Team USA is saying that Patrick Reed was begging to play with Tiger Woods. Patrick Reed is saying that Tiger Woods was his second choice as a teammate and that you know, after the fact, he came out being, you know, because obviously with all the success that Jordan Spieth and uh, Patrick Reed had had um, in foursome matches before, now after the fact, you know, Patrick Reed's coming out being like, I don't know why they didn't put me with Jordan. Uh, you, you know, we're, we're just so awesome together. You know, we you, you got to do it for the good of the team. I mean, I, you know, it, it sounds like Jordan didn't want to play with me. You know, if he doesn't want to play with me, then whatever. You got, I think you just got to get over it. You know, okay, this is, this is Team USA, all right? I'm Captain America, okay? And... Dude, just shut the hell up. I mean, c come on. This is, it, it's so dumb to come out fresh off an ass kicking, you know, the tread, you know, <laughs> the, the, the tire marks, the tread marks in the back of your head are still fresh. I mean, it, it, it's, it's incredible that Patrick Reed, a major champion, the guy who currently wears the green jacket, could be so petty 
as to just completely throw all of his teammates under the bus. Um, for people like myself that have never been huge Patrick Reed fans of the person, love his golf game. Uh, he's obviously an incredible golfer when he's not shooting 83 at the Ryder Cup. But Patrick Reed, the man, I mean, you just can't help but like he just really seems he's kind of he just seems like an isolated douchebag. He's a guy who basically does not interact with other people a lot, and he basically just gets a lot of confirmation bias about his own obscure thoughts and views of the world by his wife, Justine. And it's it's really, really unfortunate. And when you have something like that, you get a situation like this where nobody's really happy, and now we have a lot of unsettling situations and relationships uh, amongst the top players on the PGA Tour. Uh, as I mentioned, his wife, Justine, she got on uh, social media and caused a little little hullabaloo uh, you know, on, on social media when a couple of Golf Channel writers uh, called out Patrick Reed for simply not playing well at the Ryder Cup. The, I mean, they were making an observation. This, is, this was a statement of fact that Ty, uh, Patrick Reed on Saturday at the Ryder Cup was not good. And in communicating that Patrick Reed was not good, his wife decided to jump into the fracas on uh, on social media and talk, start talking conspiracies, how the Golf Channel's out to get her husband and all this other kind of crap. It's just like, oh, my God, really? And then she was asked later to confirm whether or not she made those comments, and she would not confirm nor deny that that was her tweeting from her Twitter profile. Again, I feel like I'm hosting a TMZ show. I promise you I'm not. This is supposed to be about golf. It's just really pathetic. That's that's basically what it comes down to. And the last little thing, um, it, it's just really, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. And the last little thing is irony needs to become a part of Patrick Reed's life. Now, this is actually something that I, uh, I'm, I'm going to read you from a blog post that Jeff Shackelford had on October the 2nd. Um, and I, I just thought it was so poignant and it was just so good that I wanted to share it with all of you guys. And quote, Irony needs to become a part of Patrick Reed's life. At the end of Krauss's piece, oh, there it is, Krauss. Uh, uh, Andrea Krauss, someone like that, is initially who had this article and this story regarding Patrick Reed, but I'm sorry, okay. I'm going to start over. Quote, Irony needs to become a part of Patrick Reed's life. At the end of Krauss's piece, Reed notes that, quote, leave your egos at the door. Posting on team room walls, then compliments the Europeans for doing so better than the United States in this case. But he seems oblivious to his massive ego, entitling him to pairings and opportunities that did not happen this time around when he left his golf swing behind the team doors of the USA locker room. And it again, it, it's basically yeah, the, the irony of Patrick Reed uh, complimenting the leave your egos at the door policy or, you know, mantra that... Uh, Europe seemed to actually follow uh, when he himself was the most dipshitted, entitled member of Team USA. So not a good week for Patrick Reed, not a wonderful day for his uh, funny-looking wife. Um, just, yeah, overall bad, bad, bad stuff. Um, and then on top of that, oh, you thought the Team USA drama was, uh, was over? No, 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 I've got more for you. Don't worry. So... Then the report comes out that on the ride home <laughs> is that uh, none other than Bash brothers Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka, who uh, work out together uh, with the same guy uh, down in Jupiter, Florida. It's the same guy that Brooks Kepka got mad at my boy Alan Shipnuck for not featuring on the cover of Golf Magazine way back in June. 
But anyway, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, as far as guys on tour go, are pretty good friends. I, I mean, I'd, I couldn't tell you they're best friends. I have no idea. I've never met either one of them in person. So, But anyway, now James Corrigan reports for The Telegraph that Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka um, <laughs> needed to be separated on Sunday night following the 2018 Ryder Cup. Quote, witnesses recounted how the pair almost came to blows after they had been invited into the Europe team room a few hours after the resounding home success at Le Golf National. The reason for the bust-up was not known, but it was a huge surprise as they are regarded as best friends, end quote. Uh, all right, so yeah, it's not bad enough that, you know, Tiger's exhausted, Phil's in poor shape, Patrick Reed is throwing all of his teammates under the bus, Hey, let's have these two super fit guys that have both won U.S. Opens in the the last. You know, they basically account for what all three of the U.S. Opens the last three years. You know, Brooks the last two and DJ the one before that. That they're also supposedly best buddies. They work out together. Let's just start punching each other in the face. All right. Let, let let's just do that. Let let let's just make some knuckles and let's just give each other a cup knuckle sandwiches. Let's go. I, I just you, <laughs> you can't make this shit up, people. It is really really incredible. So. On top of all that, we had to add a little actual physical altercation uh, into the uh, into the mess <laughs> after the Ryder Cup. And finally, if that wasn't enough for Brooks Kepka, uh, unfortunately, Brooks Kepka hit an errant tee shot at Le Golf National. It hit a spectator in the eye, and that spectator will no longer be able to see out of that eye for the remainder of their time on Earth. So Brooks Kepka, his golf shot literally blinded somebody it, it's oh wow it, which is bad and, and you know what and again I, I i'm sure and i think i even saw a quote somewhere that brooks kepka said that the moment that he found out that his ball hit a fan in the eye and it blinded them it was like the worst moment of his life and i cannot disagree with that if i found out that something that i did like it's bad enough that you hit a bad golf shot but the fact that you now have permanently affected somebody else's life uh is just compounding an already you know bummer of a situation i feel terrible for brooks he obviously did not mean to do it. I feel terrible for the fan. Um, although I did read somewhere else that this fan is going to be like suing Brooks Kepka for this now, which uh, I, I, I will keep all of you updated on any you know anything I hear regarding this lawsuit. It seems a little far fetched that uh, a fan at a golf tournament uh, sitting you know a spectator right in the very front row, um, knowing very well that small, very firm little balls traveling over 100 miles an hour could potentially strike you in the face, uh, would then get hit in the face at this very obvious situation and then decide to sue. And it just seems messy. So as if that all wasn't enough, let's just add somebody being permanently blinded to the mix and the mess that was the United States at the 2018 Ryder Cup. Overall, from my perspective, just an unfortunate shit show. It, it was really a huge bummer. Um, you know, Europe should be re should remember this thing very fondly. And again, that, that that's the one thing I don't want to lose sight of is that uh, despite how much of a mess the United States was, Europe was so dominant. I mean, I mean, if we're actually going to talk about the the golf itself in this tournament, you know, after the morning session on Friday, the U.S. is up three one. They're feeling relatively good. The only loss is Tiger and Patrick Reed um, to Tommy Fleetwood and Frankie Molinari. And then as soon as that was over, oh, Lord, did it go downhill after that. The, the Europeans skunk the United States 4-0 uh, in the afternoon sessions. 
uh, on the first day, which you know had not happened in I don't even know how long. And because they had won the last match of the morning sessions, that made it five in a row to end uh, <laughs> to end Friday on day one. And then they won the first three matches of Saturday. So there was a time during the Ryder Cup where Europe won eight straight points, which has never happened. That's absolutely incredible. The the dominance that Europe displayed was absolutely breathtaking. They played exceptional golf. The team format was not lost on the Europeans. They just they played so well. Francisco Francesco Molinari, I mean, you can't really argue that pretty much since midsummer, he has been the best golfer on the planet. I mean, winning several events on the tour before he headed over and won the Open Championship. Um, for Frankie Molinari, guy's on top of the world right now, and it, it's absolutely fantastic to see him succeeding. Of course, my boy Tommy Fleetwood was an absolute magician, uh, winning all four of his matches before finally losing on Sunday in singles. Um, it, it's just absolutely awesome. Everybody in Team Europe seemed like they contributed, and it was just a really, really fun weekend and a fun win for all of Team Europe who... I mean, let's be honest, there's actually a lot of guys on Team Europe that are unbelievably likable. I mean, anybody that doesn't like Tommy Fleetwood is obviously lying. Rory, I mean, you, you can't help but, despite all, all the ups and downs in Rory McIlroy's career, you can't deny the fact that he's awesome, he's a ton of fun to watch. Justin Rose is one of the, you know, the classiest acts in the game, um, and is also certainly one of the, the finest and best golfers in the world, I believe he's ranked number one, Um you know, and then you got you know, Thorbjorn Olsen, you got Alex Norin, um, you have you know, the, the guys like Paul Casey coming in as uh, captain's pick. I mean, it's just the team, the European team in general is just really, really awesome. And uh, I am very, very happy for them that they were able to win this thing. Um, they absolutely deserved it. And it was it was only the United States that uh, decided to compound an already what might have been futile situation by just self-imploding when they were already getting beaten straight up. So, um Pretty incredible. And, and one other little stat, um, also from Jeff Shackelford, is they classify, quote, runaway wins in the Ryder Cup by matches that go 15 holes or less. Matches that never even see the 16th, 17th, or 18th holes. And in the 2018 Ryder Cup, Europe had a record six runaway wins. The victories that were over by the time the 15th hole came to a conclusion. So an absolutely dominant performance from Europe. An embarrassing uh, showing by Team USA, which I believe is kind of how most people will end up remembering the 2018 Ryder Cup. Uh, incredibly dominant from Europe, embarrassing for the United States, and just a resounding win uh, for everybody east of the Atlantic. And then uh, the last little item I was going to touch on with you guys on today before uh, I say goodbye is that, you know, the golf season never ends. The PGA Tour is coming back to California this weekend. So if you are a Bay Area resident, and you don't have plans this weekend, um, which, I, you know, if you're my age, if you're in your late 20s to early 30s, I can't imagine that you're free this weekend because you probably have one of the 45 weddings you go to every year. Uh, don't worry, Sterney. I love you. Very excited to be there on Saturday. Um, it, it's just, just <laughs> it's crazy. All right. All right. Tangent over. Uh, the Safeway Open at Silverado uh, Golf Club in Napa is going to be taking place this weekend. Um, always a really, really fun tournament. It's technically the first tournament of the PGA Tour season, um, or I should say of the 2018-2019 PGA Tour season that will come to a conclusion at next year's Tour Championship. So um, it, it's going to be taking place on the north course at Silverado. I believe Ben Harmon originally designed it, and it was redesigned by Johnny Miller uh, a little ways back. Uh, Brendan Steele, a two-time champion 
uh, is going to be looking to go for the trifecta. All right, he is going to look to become if winning this tournament three times in a row. I don't care how quote unquote small um, you know, the the tournament is going to be. It's uh it's going to be pretty awesome to see if he can actually uh, if he can actually win this thing. It'd be very 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 cool. Um, let's see here. Oh, this is this is what happens anytime somebody tries to sit down and read uh, during a podcast. But yeah, Brandon Steele, uh, two-time champion, has won the last two Safeway Opens. He will look to win his third in a row, which should be really cool. And even though almost everybody on either Ryder Cup team is not going to be uh, participating in this weekend's Safeway Open, of course, Phil Mickelson will be there. But uh, So just going to see if Phil can actually break 80 would be an amazing spectacle and be a lot of fun. But that all being said, uh, there's still going to be a ton of unbelievably talented um, professional golfers uh, at this golf tournament. And you, you if, if you make it out there this weekend, you will not be disappointed. I mean, um, in addition to Phil Mickelson, you know, Brent Snedeker is going to be there. I did just see that sponsors exemptions were handed out to none other than my all-time favorite Fred Couples. Fred Couples is going to be taking is taking part in this weekend's Safeway Open, which is absolutely awesome. I did see if you're an Oakland A's fan that uh, they also gave a sponsors exemption to Mark Mulder, which, you know, cool enough. But, um other guys on the PGA Tour that are going to be there that, you know, are really, really good. I mean, let's just go through some of the names you're going to be able to see this weekend. Bo Hostler, Lucas Glover, Harold Varner III, Shez Reeby, Ted Potter, uh, Adam Hadwin, Russell Knox, Patrick Cantlay, Hunter Mahan, Billy Haas, um, Jason Duffner, Nick Watney. I mean, it's just a Jonathan Vegas, <laughs> 2016 Masters champion, Danny Willett. Um, it's just going to be a really, really fun golf tournament. Um, to go and check out. It's it's got a very laid-back vibe as far as PGA Tour events go. So if you are in the business of watching professional golfers play in person, I would highly encourage you guys to make it out to the Safeway Open this weekend. I think you can still get tickets at SafewayOpen.com. And uh, that's it, everybody. That That's it for me. I, I've ranted about the Ryder Cup for long enough. Whew. Yeah. So other than that, I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. If you're not going to be attending a wedding, I hope that you're either A, attending the Safeway Open, or B, out playing golf. And if you are going to play golf and you don't have a tee time yet, make sure to go visit golfguide.net where you can save up to 70% on greens fees at golf courses all across Northern California, as well as a few in Southern Oregon, Reno, Tahoe, and a couple in Southern California as well. And when you do, use the promo code GGPODCAST. It stands for Golf Guide, Golf Guide Podcast. GG Podcast is a promo code to save an extra 10% on any purchase of $25 or more. Again, that's at golfguide.net. And with that, I bid you all goodbye. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will be back with you next week. Mahalo. Mahalo.